This is episode 134, the Sierra Nova podcast, and our guest, Alex Dolan. What's up? What's up? How you guys been? It's been a long time. Pretty good. It's it's been. (laughs) Greg's old kitchen exploded. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Uh, It was like two weeks ago or something. Uh, It it didn't explode. Uh, the sink was leaking. (laughs) Yeah, the sink was leaking or whatever. And I think it was, uh, the terrible plumbing system that they had under there. Um, there was like, they cut a hole in one of the pipes in one of the fittings and then a black hose for the dishwasher was in that. And it was like construction adhesive around it. So it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, actually like plumbed correctly. So me and my brother like took all that apart and then like we redid it and I had to like build a cabinet from Lowe's, like one of the shitty ones. I mean, really good. And then, um, I put it together and then we put it in there and yeah. So it's just a basic cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. That was just really annoying. (laughs) That's not something that I wanted to do, but we had to do that. The deed is done. Yeah. You don't realize how much you need a kitchen sink until you don't have a kitchen sink. So. You don't know. You don't realize how much you need the common things around your house until you can't have them anymore. Yeah, you're or you're like washing dishes in the tub, and then people are like, "Ew, that's disgusting." Well, you first clean the tub and get rid of all the hair, of and course. then, <laughs> or yeah, unless you want some hair in your food. That just made me think of like you know, life's throwing you know everything at Greg, including the kitchen sink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <clears throat> so, you are the founder. Or creator of Energy Comics. Uh, that's correct. The founder and one of the head creators. Yeah. So, uh, can you share like how it came to be and what inspired you to start your own comic company? Well, from an early age, I've always loved comic books, especially superheroes and just like the adventures of like superheroes, like finding good versus evil, having all these uh, like adventures. Like uh, it, it just was always to me. It was just the ideal life that a person could have, like as a superhero. And, you know, I grew up with, like, Power Rangers, Batman, Superman, uh, Captain Marvel, all those superheroes. And I always wanted to be one myself. But, you know, naturally, that's impossible to do in real life, you know. So I decided the next thing I could do was uh, create my own superheroes and write my own comics, which, as I grew older, that that became a reality I really wanted to achieve because I felt like some of the mainstream comics weren't as good or dependable as they used to be. So I thought, you know, I, I can create something good. Some people love it. As a fan, people really enjoy it. So so about in like so I've been creating characters since I was basically in middle school. I didn't really get serious into my creating until I was in college. Uh, but and energy didn't really take off until I think it was two thousand late two thousand seventeen. That's when we first branded ourselves and we started putting out a few series. It's been a little touch and go, but since then we have a full volume of one series under our belt, and we've just kicked. Start, we've just started uh, three new series that's posting to our Patreon. All superheroes, all original ideas, and people have really uh, come to enjoy what we have to offer. You know, we got quite a following on social media, which is a lot more than people can say in our fiction. But what we try to do is, we our brand is basically fun yet serious undertone comics. So like stuff you would find in like say a Bruce Tim cartoon. You know, it's the fun classic superhero tropes are there. 
but and like there's some jokes and there's some good times and there's action but there's also some serious like themes under there that you would find in like an episode of superman the animated series or justice league you know that people say you don't realize when you see you as a kid but when you're adults you know it's there you know and that, and that's what people have always we've tried a lot of different stories and characters we just kind of thrown against the wall but you know the ones that really stick out are the ones that people just say hey this is a fun idea I, i'm behind it and they see like the little that Decker undertones to it's like oh this is deep I, I could really get into this you know that's that seems the way what our branding is oh that's great that's i love, awesome. love that <laughs> yeah you like you guys started around the same time that we did so i know i believe <laughs> huh we both come a long way yeah <laughs> greg's like yeah we've, we've got like one maybe two now <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of fun actually because it does feel that way where it's like you know you you, you did you do one and then all of a sudden you've got like seven and you're like oh wow we've got we've actually made a lot of comics <laughs> i know it's hard to believe you know the thing is like i love making comics it's like it's my passion it's what i want to do full time once i can actually make it happen uh the only thing i don't like about it though is like how long it takes to make a comic you know like it's it's a waiting game honestly especially when you have to hire artists like we do but i mean we wouldn't change it for the world but again what we love about comics is that you get the hollywood but hollywood effects on a page for a low budget you know like hollywood has to put up and this is like coming from my editor he's said this a million times you know hollywood has to pay a shell out millions and billions of dollars to get like one scene of a special effects you can just do that on a whole page for like 75 dollars, and it's, yeah. you can get like this cool artwork and this great story and it's like the best of both worlds you know that's what we love about comics it's cool so yeah that's a great perspective to have too because like a lot of people in the comic book space are like you know they're complaining that it's like such such a large you know they gotta spend so much money on it it's like like you realize like the alternative is trying to create like an animation that would be like an insane amount of money or a, a live action with CGI, which would be an even more insane amount of money. And it's like, you can create a whole world with just a few pictures essentially uh, and some, and some text. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a great perspective to have in the comic book space. It is. And I mean, eventually we want to get to the point where we're big enough that we can make movies and TV shows out of our characters. But you know, it's like once, but once we get to that point, that won't be much of a problem, but we want we want to do right by our comics first. You know, that's what energy wants to do. You know, we're kind of influenced by heavily how like the manga business has been doing their books. I mean, manga is huge right now. I mean, they have a formula that just somehow works for them and they're still bigger than ever and continuing to go big, you know, compared to like American comics, no offense to American comics, but you know, it's well, just I mean, like, I mean, offense to American comics. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> But it's like it's like whatever they're doing they're doing right and we try to follow that method and you know we and again as fans you know we see you know how the business is not working for the mainstream stuff like marvel or dc and we try to do better than that you know we focus on great storytelling great artwork um we try to find find creators who you know have a passion for it and learn to craft it's like we, we want to do right by our fans because because we're fans too we've read a bunch of like modern stuff and like classic stuff and the classic stuff is always the best but the modern stuff, not so much. We just want to say we 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 want to do better than this, and we want to do right because we hear what fans are complaining about, and we say we want to give you that. Yeah, I feel like that's the, one of the biggest problems is that uh, the classic comics, just like you mentioned, uh, like the Justice League and Batman uh, TV shows, they were really fun and entertaining first and foremost. Like that was the main purpose of them. 
and any subliminal lessons they wanted to teach, they left as subliminal, like in the story, right? Like, pe- like uh, what was it? Uh, Xavier and Magneto were supposed to be like uh, MLK and Malcolm X. Like the whole idea was like, you wouldn't get that without deep thinking about it. But the whole idea is that it's just subliminal thoughts. Like here's ideas of somebody who thinks people who are different should work on their differences and people who are different should be mad at everyone else for the fact that they're different, right? Like it's, it's definitely a very powerful way to, uh, to tell stories if it's done correctly. And I feel like there's this old trope of like, don't pretend your audience is stupid. And I feel like one of the reasons why Marvel and DC now is doing so poorly is regardless if you like the lessons they're trying to put in there, they're doing it so bluntly that they're treating you like you're stupid. Like, you know, like, like there's times where like they put something in there and you're like, I get it. I get it. And then they're like, and now here's the exact thing I wanted you to think about. Like, all right. Like this is, you've broken the fourth and fifth wall. I've lost all connection to the cool story we were following this whole time. And that's a very similar reason to why Greg and I got into our uh, comic book creation was like the storytelling wasn't focused first and foremost on being entertaining anymore. Exactly. That's that's exactly what we feel too. You know, comics, especially with Marvel DC, have gotten just too overly political. It's not about you know who can write a good story. It's like who can make a point. And but like when you just blending out, put it out there, it's not as effective. You know, it's like it used to be. And I think a great example of this um, probably would be the classic um, Green Arrow, like Green Lantern comic. You know, where they find out Speedy is a drug addict. You know, it wasn't exactly. It wasn't exactly. I mean, the full focus on this was. I mean, the whole point of the story was that you found out, you know, Green Arrow and Green Lantern are finding like this, this these drug addicts who are like infecting their town. They found out Speedy is, and they kind of go into a deep, uh, like play about why it is people go to this. But again, they weren't doing it to make a point. You know, they were just trying to make this tragic story of how Green Land, Green Arrow had failed his sidekick and how he was trying to overcome this and just how it affects their partnership. It's a great. It's a, it means a classic Neil Adams one. I mean, Neil Adams knew how to do stuff that well. It's like, but it's, it's other comics and other shows really have that same effect too. And I think a good example of this would be like, um, you guys ever watched Teen Titans, the animated series? The original one, yeah. Yeah, I think a good example of this was how when they came up when I, like you know the Trog episode where Starfire is like being put down by this big superhero of the galaxy just because she's Tamaranian and they. They put, I mean, like they do it, and then the other Titans don't even realize it, and then they do it. It's like, it's subtly done. You know, it's like, you, it's mistreatment, and it's like, like bigotry. But like, they're also focusing on this story about how they got to save the universe from these invading forces. You know, it's suddenly put in there. It's a good balance. You know, it's, it's like Thanos. Balance is all things should be. You know, it's like, it's one of those good ones. Yeah, no, I, def- I definitely, I definitely like those, and, and I agree. Like the the Teen Titans did a good job. There's a bunch of stuff like that where I, I think that's the other thing. If you tell a good story, good stories inherently have lessons. Like that's what the word parable is, or short stories with lessons. And it's like you don't beat them over the head with the lesson. You just give them a story because pe- people don't remember facts. They remember lessons, like from a story. Like that's it. Like they, they remember like uh, what is it? Like the Odyssey. Like the Odyssey was spread by word of mouth for like a thousand or 2000 years before it was written down. And the reason it's such a good story is they only remembered the cool parts of the story and the cool parts of the story were yes, fantastical, but they also had like really powerful lessons behind them. And it's yeah. like, that's why they're remembered. Yeah. It's the same thing with like classic fairy tales. You know, there's always a great story or moral behind them. Like with either like, don't Aesop trust old ladies with apples. 
Yeah, or don't or like don't talk to strangers or like don't invade other people's homes, you know. But people don't realize that until they're older because they're just focusing on this fun story of a wolf trying to eat a grandma and their kid, their grandkid. You know, it's like but it's like you don't realize this until you're older, but that was your intention. That's what that's what some of the earlier Disney stuff was so successful. And like I'm not, I can't really say about modern Disney to effect, <laughs> but like some of the classic, like you know. Like the Disney Renaissance, you know, they had good morals, but every but everything else was just about like a good. It was just a good. It was just trying to tell a good story about like you know like this adventure. And like I think a good example of this would be, like my favorite Disney movie of all time, Beauty and the Beast. You know, it's like a it's a love story, but it's also you know about like this story about how like this girl is like having an adventure in this magical castle with all this stuff going on. And there's and like she befriends this creature, and like she's trying to deal, and she's also trying to deal with you know being like pursued by this alpha male who's just that's who's not like a good person but it's like you don't realize that until you um you, you're older and you like you, you write this but like when you're a kid you just like you just love the story and you just you apply that you know? i also love the, the other part i love about that story too is actually it, it's the combination of like yeah you got this alpha male who's kind of you know a dick but you also have the beast who can be an alpha male when necessary, but he's actually just a kind person, right? Because he's been softened over the years of being tormented by becoming the beast, right? Yeah. And so it's like the whole idea is that it also shows how like men and women can work together to make a, a man softened while still being a powerful beast. Like that's the whole point. It's like, it, it's, it's got great, great lessons in that stuff. Yeah, like Disney, like Disney Renaissance, Disney 90s was like the pinnacle, like great storytelling, you know? Plus Hercules. Yes, Hercules, Mulan, Tarzan, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Aladdin, all those. Yeah, Aladdin, yeah. yeah. Unlike the real-life Aladdin, which we will not bring up because I will go into a tirade about how I will go into a tirade about every Disney live-action, except Beauty and the Beast because, you know, that's that's my favorite movie. And that like, actually, I feel like, that was, honestly, that was one of the better ones anyways. Like, exactly. Like, you know, it's like it was stuck to the story. It was a great adaption. You know, like music was good. Character choice was good. You know, it's like all the other ones just like they're just trying to make money off of it. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like they don't care about their characters anymore. Yeah. 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 You went on about like an hour and a half and like an episode like last year or something about yeah. just how the live action Aladdin was like. They do. We should just start a whole separate channel for that. Like, <laughs> like literally I could spend an hour on every one of those Disney movies and tear it apart because like, it, like I, I think, I think the thing is, is back to like the storytelling. It's like the reason I don't like them isn't because like <clears throat> bad character casting or like the, the plots they change. It's like the things that they change that disrupt the lessons in the story. Like, that's the thing is like, there's lessons built into them and by changing it because they think that it'll look better or yeah, maybe make them more money. It's not, it's not helping the story. They're taking out some key component they didn't notice because they probably hired somebody who, you know, barely cares about like the actual uh, value of that story. I feel the exact same way about all the Avatar The Last Airbender spinoff comics. You know, it's just like, it's like, they're not giving the same love and care to the characters they did in the original series, you know? I mean, I just read, I just read the Azula Alone standalone, and it was like, no, that wasn't... There was, it was poor writing. It wasn't... It, like, it started and ended in the same place, and they even left Azula with nothing. And, I mean, that's just... And that's just, like, that book. I mean, I could go on a tangent about the first one and The Search and, like, all these books that came after. It's just, like, it's... It's like the creators have like stopped caring. And honestly, it's it's something I worry about. 
you know, with myself, because I'm worried about if I get so successful, you know, will I stop caring? And I don't want to, you know, that, that's my biggest fear as a creator is that you know, I'm so big, I just I don't care about quality anymore. But quality is like what I care about most of than anything, because quality is how you make a success. You know, when you have good stuff, you know, it's not about quantity. It's like when you have good quality, you get the success and the quantity will follow. That, that just made me think of uh, Futurama. There's an episode of Futurama that makes a joke about it, but it also plays into this. You were mentioning like how it starts in the same place and ends at the same place. And there's an episode of Futurama where Fry said, is talking about how, see, like just like great sitcom, everything's back to exactly the way it was. And they're both him and Bender are sitting on the couch, but outside there's a bunch of destruction. And the, the clever thing is like, that is kind of what good comic books do as well is that, Every individual comic book needs a beginning and end that kind of closes a loop, but really good comic books can do that while having an extended loop that goes through multiple stories and comes back. Like in Futurama, like I, of all the animated series, I feel like that one has the most like uh, linear timeline of all of them and has a great conclusion. I know that apparently they're bringing it back or they already brought it back, but like it had an actual end to the show that was perfect. Right. And so, and it went for several seasons, so it's not like you can't do that. But, like, I do feel like there are some great shows out there that they have this great story arc. And then they're just like, all right, what if we just, like, stopped doing that and extended this eight more seasons for no reason? It's like, like I think that's the thing. It's like one, one of Greg and I's uh, big rules for our storytelling is that if a character dies, unless it's like they come back as a zombie, literally, like, they're dead. They're not coming back. I don't have zombies. Like, I don't care about zombies. So. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like, it, like, unless it's like a temporary thing, and then they're gone forever. Like, it's not going to be like something where, uh, like, basically what Marvel did with their multiverse was, oh, Spider-Man died. Just kidding. That was actually a Spider-Man from a different universe, and our Spider-Man accidentally went to that universe, and now he's back. So don't worry. You know, like we just fixed that that whole uh, chase with him and Mary Jane. Like. No, like they could just end up together and then move on to another story and you've got a great closing arc. And I feel like that's the problem is like you're right about the the money making. Like think about how um, – what was it? The Actually, this was probably in the 90s that it really started. So like in the 90s they had some great, great stories, but then they started doing stuff like creating Street Sharks and uh, – not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because that was actually also a good story. But they started creating all these worlds where they were just selling toys Teenage Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just fell into that as well. That's why there's, there was like a huge boom of toys during that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, like Street Sharks, I had a fun time watching that as a kid. But in all reality, they were just shows to sell toys. Right. That's that was the Transformer. Right. That's Power why. Rangers. Huh? Power, uh, was Power Rangers only made to sell toys? Well, I think they. Uh, I think Power Rangers came first, and then the toys. Yeah. Because like yeah. that, that was. I think like, that oh, was, we can make toys out of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, Power Rangers is kind of debatable because that's a show we borrowed from Japan. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, that that I think that was that might even have been a comic book first or a manga. If I I don't remember, I think um, Kamen Rider was you know like the original Kamen Rider was like a manga. You know, that, yeah, that like all those shows like just like were inspired by it. Yeah, but I, I do wonder if that's kind of what happened was like in the '90s they figured out they can make shows that literally are the only purpose is to, to sell toys, so that they can then you know, and then that just looped back on itself. So then the early 2000s starts, 
and like the shows and the and the storytelling just slowly deteriorates and then more people notice like oh my god i'm telling great stories but i'm not making any money anymore but these big giants over here are all telling garbage and making tons of money with their toys let's all jump on this bandwagon and by 20 2010 like stories are just going down and down and like honestly like the Marvel MCU is probably the only thing I actually enjoyed during that time. That was like really big stuff coming out. And, uh, and then you had like, what was it like Harry Potter and uh, Lord of the Rings? Like all of those things were like it, but those were all based on the original stories and were doing really well. And then even the MCU started tangenting off and doing its own stuff. And then now like, what was it? Uh, Amazon, I think has a Lord of the Rings show where they completely destroy they're trying to do like thousands of years of lore in like a hundred year time period. And they're just destroying lore, destroying rules of the universe. And like, like it, like stuff like that, where it's like, let's figure out how much money we can make. And it's like, no, they did actually only like the last episode of that season. Um, yeah. It's like, it's, it's something like with all these big companies that I don't enjoy anymore. I mean, like, like they're, they're so focused on making money. There's no, there's, it's not good. You know, they, they fail to realize the reason they made money in the first place with, like, the early MCU and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and all these, like, comics and series is because the original stuff was good quality, you know? Yeah, the source like, material. I, th- I think that's the problem is, like, they forgot. Like, even Disney, when they took the old Grimm's, uh, was it the Grimm's Brothers tales, right? Like, they took a great source material and put it in a new medium. Right. So if they just did that and made it live action, it would still work. Eventually you run out of space and need to come up with new stories again. But like the whole idea was like they didn't even do it right from the beginning of like going from uh, a book to uh, a cartoon to potentially live action. They, they made like these, you know, they, they, they just started leaping all over the place and just, yeah, ripping stuff apart. And that, honestly, that's another pet peeve of mine is how they're bringing back all these shows and like like all these sequels to movies that were done years ago. I'm just like, I don't like that. I mean, I can understand like why they would want to appeal to fans, but like if you have new stories to tell, why don't you just create a new series? You know, instead of just bringing back old ones that a lot of people aren't going to get anymore, but or, like have moved on essentially. They're going to say this isn't like what it was before. I don't like this. You know, if you have like, it, it's like why they keep making legacy characters for Batman and Superman, all these people. I mean, like it, this, the, the, the families are just getting too big. And instead, if instead, if you have like a new story you want to tell, why not just make a new character? You know, why not expand your universe with this character and move on? You know, and like talking about that thing, that's, that's something that exists in our universe too. We, and we, we plan to, when we kill off a character, unless we have more, more stories that we know we can tell with this character, we're going to kill them off. You know, we're going to give them like a finish. You know, but it's like if it's like we like this character and we want them to stick around more, more we're we're not going to kill them off. We might give the illusion we do, but we're like we're going to show that no, no, he's going to go because like we have a character that we know we can do more great stories with. You know, yeah, that, that just made me think of like even in the MCU, the uh, the final of the initial arc of like the uh, the End Game, right? When Captain America goes back in time, lives the rest of his life, and arrives old, and it's like yes, he had a good arc. He's done. Like. <laughs> we don't need to keep them there anymore and just keep driving that into the ground. Like that was a good way to do that. Exactly. Um, I, I, I wish we could keep Captain America around, but that's also the great part about it. Like people forget that one of the greatest animes of all time is one series long or one season long. It's cow. Uh, was it cowboy bebop, right? Like right. it's one season and it's perfect. It's like you want more. That's great. 
sell some toys, sell some merch. You can go a little longer. And while you're selling that stuff, start writing another great story. Like don't rest on your laurels. And like, that's the whole, if you're not growing, you're dying. And what they're doing is they're taking like one branch of a tree and they're like, maybe if we just put steroids on it, it'll keep going. And the roots are dying. And it's like, bro, like your tree's going to die soon. If you don't start taking care of the roots, tell new stories. Exactly. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like every day of my life. I'm kind of, I'm kind of guy who creates new characters every day. That's my niche. You know, that's like I'm always trying out new characters and storytelling. It's like eventually I realized if I can't tell new stories with this character I already have, I'll do that. But it's like if I want to put like if I know there's going to be an ending with a character and I want it to be that way, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna leave it at that. I gave this character a happy ending or a climax that is good. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna do this through a new character that I feel like is not wholly similar. But like it could be if it's just their own thing and just like give them a chance to shine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I have a character. It's not until like the it's in our flagship title, uh the Seer Chronicles, and it's not for a while. And the character has one like plot arc and that's it. And then you won't see the character again. This just this is how it happens. Yeah. It's like this is a good way to end that character. Exactly. <clears throat> um yeah, so like what do you have like a vision for like energy comics? Like yeah, kind of like hearing that from, you know, talking about Disney and all that stuff. Well, honestly, the part of the whole reason I got into comics was because I wanted to create a universe as expansive and as cli- climax as like cli- cinematic as Marvel or DC, you know, just like growing up, I mean, these are what I was like like grew up with and I was like in awe by their whole universe of all these characters that you know, you have all these superheroes, and you have all these like villains, and all these side characters. You know, it's like so many stories you can tell, and so many ways you can go with the universe. And I, I, you know, I wanted that. You know, I wanted something as big. I wanted something as huge to say, well, we got this huge like cast of characters, even if we focus on a great few, but like we can do more with it. You know, it's like so. I, I, when I dream, I dream big. I dream like expansive, like huge universe. I dream like. You know, series like multiple series with like different characters. I, I, and I picture like eventually us getting to like good TV shows, good cartoons, good movies, and like merchandising. But again, you know, it's like I want to do quality first. You know, it's like I, as a fan, I've read you know, like when they go too much on a character, like expanded more just because they're their gravy boats, but they're gravy train. It's gravy train, right? Yeah. yeah. And like, they're, they're bleeding, they're, they're milking it for all they got. But it's like it's not good anymore. The, the cow has run dry. You know, instead, you know, I just want to do good. If I want to put my name on something, or if I want to give someone a character or a new story, I want to say this is my hundred percent. This is what you're getting. You know, in, in a sense, I kind of, I kind of want to be like, I mean, don't sound weird. I want to be like the Alan Moore of comics. You know, how like Alan Moore, you know, he writes all these stories, but once he writes them, he's done. You know, he doesn't continue with it. You know, other people do. But you know, at least but when Alan Moore puts his name on something, he writes it from beginning to end with good quality, and he's done. He doesn't continue it at all. He just says, "This is what I want. This is my best. Enjoy it." I just watched Reeve for Vendetta like yesterday. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a question because uh, we've been trying to organize all of our universe because we we too like build out um, tons of characters and history and lore all of our universe like we we literally have like a map of our entire earth that we created that is continents you know like we have a, a database of characters and who they're connected with all the way back to like ancient beings that created our universe even though they have nothing to do with our story just to explain parts of our story later 
And so I'm curious, like what, <clears throat> what methods or tools do you use to organize your universe and all of the stuff in it? Well, it's like when we create one character, we kind of figure, is there a way we can connect them to another? Or is there something we're doing with one character we can't do with, an, with, with this one? You know, like and a lot of things, like we look at like classic things that have been done in other universes, like gods or aliens or, or demons or like just alternate universes. And we say, okay, here's what we can do with this, but how does it not affect this? Or what can we do originally with it? You know, and one of the things that we do is like when we, we wanted to do mythology in our universe, but we wanted to do something unique about it. And so one of our approaches to it is like, we've created like a whole original set of gods. You know, we've gotten the Neil, Neil Gaiman wrote, is that we've just created all these gods who are just like named after we have original names for them, but they but they're immortals and they've basically been playing different god roles in every culture and mythology since the dawn of time. So Zeus could so for example, you know, Zeus of ancient Greece was also Thor in uh in Norse mythology, but he was also Raiden in Japanese mythology, and he was also a Thunderbolt in Native American mythology, because we realized, you know, when we looked at all these mythologies. A lot of these gods had similar roles. There were gods for love. There were gods for weather. There were gods for <clears throat> agriculture. There were gods for even art and culture. And we thought, well, instead of like making all these, all these, what if they were all just the same character, just taking different names? And what if they were like just abstract concepts of these, these things that they represent, and we have them play this different role in our universe, either good or bad? I, I see. I love that because uh, what was it? Um, Supernatural did something similar to that with one of their characters, where like it was like one of the, uh, I think it was Gabriel, like one of the angels played multiple gods. Like he was Loki and a couple other people. But it was only one character. But I thought about that before. Where like, wouldn't it be cool if like Zeus and Odin and like whatever other primary you know leader god was the same leader god over the years, but he just kept getting you know renewed with power because. The, the thing I've always thought about was I think it was the Greek gods where like they are, their power came from the worship of their, of the people, which is why they created the people so they could remain strong. Yeah. And so the whole idea would be if they started losing faith in one culture, they could travel to another culture to then gain the strength from that culture. And they just take on the, the native names, uh, you know, show off their power and announce who they are, you know? Yeah, art is kind of like that too. You know, it's like like I said, it's a little bit of Neil Ga Neil Gaiman meets um, meets Eternals. You know, but Eternals done right, so to speak, not the MCU one. But it's like you know, it's like we have like all these classic gods who have filled these different roles, and they need the worship of man, and like they become more involved in modern times because they need to be either worshipped or they're just trying to change the course of history, or they just are so in love with the humans who worship them, they try to put themselves in their lives. But at the same time, you know, we we have ideas to make new gods. You know, gods for us, like, you know, just like just appear out of nowhere for um, based on like how the worlds are changing, like how technology and culture and representations of love and hate and and pride just evolve. And they, these new gods come to be based on that. And one of the examples of this is one of our big bads, who we call Travail. Uh, so he's like the living, he's like a modern living embodiment of death, but he's kind of based on how you know, the world is so heavily polluted that it's, that nature is trying to change itself to adapt to this, all this climate change and, and all this pollution that's happening. And that's what he is. He's the death that comes around. And what he's trying to do, he's trying to, he's trying to worsen the world, like make it so unlivable to, for the old ways that new creatures that he's made called necroorks, which are a bit necro-orcs. Which are basically like, like zombies, like these and demons 
think of like like think of like the orcs from the Lord of the Rings that were made from elves. Like they're these creatures that adapt from all this death and pollution. That they're they're aimed to take over the new world, but they got to destroy the old one to do it. That's cool. So like it, like almost like instead of burying an elf and torturing them for a thousand years, it's more like taking living creatures like an alligator or whatever and just torturing it until it becomes a demonic version of itself. Is that kind of the idea? Kind of like it. You know, think of it like think of it like this. You know how like some people like when they get superpowers, like it's usually from a big accident that could have killed them, but they survive. Yeah. That's kind of how it is in our sense. Like a lot of these people who supposedly would die from getting superpowers are actually reborn in these necro orcs. Because they did die, but they're but they're given a second chance as like through travail because like they survived this thing. It's like it's it's kind of like evolution meets Darwinism. They're adapting to survive, and they they're moving on through death into a new world that has to change in order to survive. That's very cool. Are they like um, yeah, like we kind of assume we have some life source in us, like a soul or something that keeps us alive because it's you know it's just a bunch of electrical currents and stuff, but it is something unique about us. Do you have something in necro, like the necro orcs that are like making them alive? You know what I mean? Because you're saying that they're dead, but they're not really dead because they've evolved. So like, are they still living like a person, like if they, you know, or do they have a different like life source? They're kind of like undead revenants, so to speak. So they get like a second chance at life, but like that's only the only one they get. You know, once they're once they're killed off again, they are they are gone for good. You know, they they go to either heaven or hell. It's like. Death is kind of an interesting thing in our universe. I mean, honestly, even like hell in our universe is kind of different because, like, when it goes back to our mythologies that we created, we create, we have this idea for like, you know, hell and the underworld is basically this um, bureaucratic, like bureaucratic system where like all these souls are just like running a business. Think, think kind of like how it was in Beetlejuice, but yeah, kind of like it's kind of like a business, and the guy Hades, and it was like been all this like running it. It's an expensive world, and like they're trying to organize it, but it's a lot of pressure. It takes a lot of in- influence from how you know the underworld was viewed in Greek mythology. You know, it was like this not this so this good place, but it's but it, like they're trying to make the best of it. You know, it's, like, it's, like, it's, yeah. Dragon Ball Z does that too. Like when Goku goes through the snake trail and has to talk to like the you know the Satan, like the devil, and he's got minions and like, oh, you got to fill this out. Now you can you can go do this challenge, and you might be able to get out. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah. And of course, like th- these necro necro orcs are like completely separate from the people who are in the bureaucratic underworld. And the god of death in our universe just hates them because like they're putting a stamp on his business while he's trying to run. So he's he allies with the humans eventually. But you know, it's a very complicated magic system we got, and it, it's something we had to think about. Like when we created magic and gods and mythologies and supernatural occurrences within our universe. That's very cool. Like we, we, we ended up uh, not having a heaven and hell, but we made a magic realm. And that magic realm is, you know, filled with, you know, random creatures. And the whole idea is to, you know, if anyone has magic in our world, it's because they're pulling it from that world. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like how we did it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like heaven and hell is interesting in our universe. We're trying to do it kind of like, kind of biblically correct, but also in a sense, you know, it's like, different from what other people have done so like it not it's not necessarily if you're bad you instantly go to hell there are other scenarios than which it happens but it's like it also has to do with like you know how our underworld is set up how these neck necro orcs you know work in our universe the thing is like magic is like it's it's not it's like magic in our universe um is kind of a creation of these gods you know like the god like like this mother god who 
essentially is Mother Nature in our universe, but was also Isis and uh, Demeter. You know, she created magic for this uh, universe. And the thing here's the interesting thing because it had to do with the superhero we created. Magic in our universe comes from the belief in children, because like because the character we created as a main like sorcerer supreme in our universe is called the governess who is essentially doctor who meets mary poppins so she, she protects the children of the world because the belief of magic and is is what and children is what creates magic you know it's like this sense of wonderment that can't be explained that only children can find so it's like that's where it, all it draws from and she has to protect the children of the world because there are a lot of evil forces who want to corrupt them or abuse them to darken that magic for their likeness so this governess who's been reincarnated over the years as a mary poppins like superhero tries to protect the children of the world, but she can't have kids of her own. It's one of the rules. You know, she can't have a family of her own. She has to protect the children of the world. So Santa Claus. I was going to say, it sounds like Santa Claus. And yeah. remember, remember the the big friendly giant? He would go around collecting dreams and stuff like that. I do. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me think of that where it's like, it's somebody who gains power from the belief, but also is like the protector and keeper of it. So that's why I say it's kind of like Santa Claus meets the, the BFG. Yeah, it's kind of like that, you know. Like I said, a lot of heaviness comes from like Mary Poppins because we like. Because one day when I thought about this, like, you know, Mary Poppins is a pretty magical character. What if she used that as a superhero, and that's how Governess was born? That's a very cool. I, I love that because she's definitely, um, yeah. Like if you look at it just from like the singular movie, it's interesting. But if you like think about like everything that must be behind all of that, yeah, it's like I like I like that. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's cool. Uh, do you have like a standout comic of yours, like a favorite? Uh, personally, my favorite is one we got going on now. It's one I want to spend the rest of my life on. It's called Toon Man, the Animated Ace. And it's about like this cartoon character who had a failed pilot back in the 1930s when animation took off. A few of them, actually. Think of like think of like um, Disney's first character, like uh, the rabbit, not Mickey Mouse. So, uh, oh, Yeah. <laughs> So Tom, so the character's name is Tom Fuller. He had a failed pilot, and he's been living in this universe of cartoon characters ever since then. So he, so events transpire. So he comes to our universe so he can find purpose again, which as a cartoon is to bring joy to others. But events transpire, and he ends up becoming a superhero instead. So he becomes one of the biggest superheroes in the universe and like one of the most fun. I like the picture as Superman meets Roger Rabbit. No, I was just gonna say I that. was just about to say Roger Rabbit. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. That's and cool. he's honestly one of our most anticipated characters. Like we only got like one issue going over so far, but people are really responding to him, like ever more than our other characters. And like it makes me so happy because he's the character I want to spend my life on. You know, he's my savage dragon or he's my invincible. You know, it's like I have so many ideas of the stories I want to do for him. And if I could, I'd build my whole universe around him, but I also want to build it around all these other superheroes that we developed as well well that, that's cool because like we, we have like a bunch of side characters that end up like we love like love them and we could build a whole world around them and yet we have a main character that we're trying to maneuver through this so it's like yeah i definitely I definitely understand that where it's like it the, the one thing i would definitely say is i think it's cool to have a main character that everybody loves and then to make them wait for it while working on other stories because you could always hint at that character in those other stories. So they still want to read them. It's like those true fans that are like, I need to get all these side stories because there's a puzzle piece in each one of them that combines to make this other story start happening. Yeah, that's something like that's something we do. Like we, we're, we spend ourselves thin with the comics we got put out. But at, at the same time, that's the, it's the time to do it. Because like comic, indie comics are kind of taken off again. People are really want to see more like all of the got. So we try to give them as much as we can based on like what our audience reacts to. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a guy that was on our podcast, like, I don't know how many episodes ago, <clears throat> but he messaged me yesterday, and he's like, out of nowhere, <laughs> he does that, but he's like, are you guys gonna, like, just focus on, like, one of your comic series, or, because I know you guys are, like, all over the place, and I'm like, we're all over the place, because I did it that way <laughs> in the beginning, and I was like, oh, this costs a lot of money, um, yeah, so we have, like, three or four series going on all at once right now, and it's some of them aren't even connected like one is not connected to the others um i was like yeah we're gonna focus on one once we catch up on stuff and he's like uh-huh and i was like yeah well i i want to finish the fucking story i don't want to just yeah like, like all the all the mini arcs that we've opened we have to like close them before we yeah. can just you know let them fade away for a moment <laughs> exactly that's kind of like what we had going with one of our characters Zener, who was like one of our first stories we put out we just finished the first volume so we're going to do a kickstarter for that in february but we had to finish this first so that we could focus on other stories and we got like a couple other stories we're going to get like empress and then like we got two man going we like and we want to focus on two man this other series we got going on called rogue wave pirates and then introduce these new characters who are really responding with our our audience but we got to finish what we started first yeah you know? yeah that's yeah so like uh <laughs> we never put out this one comic the only way people got it was um as a stretch goal through another kickstarter of ours uh and the two conventions that we went to i think the last one we did one person bought that comic maybe and it's uh it's called scales and we just like uh, over this year or last year, we developed more into that story because we didn't have how he got his powers and stuff. <laughs> We're like, I don't know how this happens. And then we had the artist for our flagship title, the our remastered version of that. He actually gave us like a bunch of stuff to work with. And he's like, yeah, you can just take that because he ended up not doing the story that he was going to do anyway. So that helped with a bunch of other stuff. So we're releasing, we're going to be releasing stuff about that like soon um but yeah i i want to like finish that story off and there's another one that we're finishing next year so then we can focus on the one that we want to focus on right <clears throat> so it's, it's like one of the lessons i learned early in my career as a comic is that like when you, like when the comic the character the comic or series that you want to do to me like when you have a bunch of ideas like me and you're not sure where to start so you try with one but your heart's not falling in it's like i realized my passion was in Toon Man because he was the character I was thinking about all the time. You know, he's where all my ideas were going. It was like where I constantly come back to and I realized that's where I want to focus on. Well, I specifically, I have my editor wants has like other comics he wants to do and we're doing them too. But it's like one of the lessons I send to people is like if you're not sure which story to focus on, go it should be the one that you're always coming back to, the one that's on your mind constantly because that's where your heart is and that's where you're gonna gonna that's where you can only focus. Yeah. Yeah. I uh like last week i think i just like made a bunch of plot lines for the next phase of our comics <laughs> so i'm in like the second phase of it uh we have a whole like timeline of all these comics in each phase kind of right. like the mcu has uh and i like plot them out like where they are and where they fall and i the character i actually really want to focus on is related to the main character that's in seer chronicles like that character isn't even the character I want to focus on all the way. I want to focus on that person's character, on that character. 
But to do that, we had to tell all this other stuff. So, we had one that was with our character was Zener too. We we were focusing on Zener, but then there was like this sort of anti-hero villain in the story that we loved more, and we just like we had to finish Zener before we can bring this guy into the series. Yep, that happens. Uh, is there like a legacy that you want to like leave behind one day, like yeah. for your comics or? Yeah. Well, that, like I said, I want to create this huge, expansive universe to the, like you know, like Stanley and Kirby did. But honestly, what I want to leave behind is like like such like a universe that people can grow up with it, and they can reread our comics, watch our series, and they're like, "Hey, this this is," and they can say, "What's your favorite character?" Well, it's, it's one we put out. You know, it's the ones they inspired to be. And it's like I want to create a character just like this. I want to do what these are doing. So like the same thing that the comics I read growing up did for me, I want to do for other people. You know, but it, but comic wise, if there was like one legacy character I had to leave behind, it would be Toon Man. That's cool. That's very cool. Cool. So, let's see. And yeah, you mentioned you have that upcoming project in uh, February coming out. Is there anything else um, out before we get into that in a little more depth? So like, is there anything else that's you know you you got in the background? little secret we can share <laughs> uh yes yeah, so we just released our first team book on patreon called rogue wave pirates and it's about like a basically it's a superhero take on pirates and like like these group of superhumans who are pirates who steal from the rich keep from themselves but they're also superheroes who <laughs> keep the world solving issues so we like to say it is like one piece meets fantastic four yeah, i was about to say yeah that's exactly what that made me think of yeah yeah, one and one piece is like blowing up, so it's definitely see that's what's interesting. Like I, I feel like a lot of good stories have branched off of other good stories. And so like, like even what was it, Dragon Ball Z? I mentioned that earlier. Like that's based off of like the old Monkey King, I think is the original story. And then it just spiraled out of control into its own story, completely unique. So I definitely I definitely like uh you know, th- there's definitely places to start where somebody ended and just tangent in a totally different direction, which is fun. Yeah, I mean that's that's how you basically come up with new ideas. You see what's being done, and you like it, and you're saying, "Okay, I like this. I want to do something like that. How do I put my own stick on it? How can I come up with something original based on what I like or what interests me?" You know? Yeah. And that's kind of how like that's how Toon Man got started. You know, it's like I grew up watching all these cartoons and all these superheroes, and I, one day I would just want to combine them because I real because I realized you know there are a lot of superheroes who act like cartoons or who have powers like cartoons. But there's no that it's act. But there's no superheroes that are actual cartoon characters, like living, breathing, like actually full on like Acme Arsenal cartoon characters. So I thought it's like I'm going to do something different. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring a cartoon to our universe and have it be a superhero. That's cool. That's awesome. Cool. So where can people find you? Our main our main website is on DeviantArt. That's where we post most of our stuff first, like new characters, like promotional art. Uh, right now, we're kind of raising funds through um, our Patreon, which is like only for only seven dollars a month. You get work in progress, you get new comic pages, you get free access to new characters and new promotional art that we got coming to our universe. Um, like I said, we just released uh, uh, Rogue Wave Pirates on there. We just wrapped up. Uh, we just introduced new pages of Empress. Uh, we just finished up volume of, volume one of Xena on there, and we just finished up our first uh, uh, manga inspired imprint of our comic series called high treason link which is like this great fantasy world about how like like everyone's trying to become like the right kind of become like this king or take this take the world back from this world king who like says anyone can be a king if they can defeat him and it's like this whole it's this battle shonen inspired 
anime that's just really good and people are responding to it. So we're on Patreon. You can also find our comics on Indie Planet, mostly Zener, but also Preview Comic. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube. We're all over the place. You know, like that's when our, our link tree is. So, and like I said, we got a Kickstarter for Zener or Master of the Mind Volume 1 coming in February. We're going to have like tons of new stories. Gonna, it's going to collect all six issues. It's going to be in trade paperback. And gonna, we're going to have so many cool uh, um, tiers and gold stretch goals for it. We just got to figure out what those are first. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, thanks for coming on our final episode with a guest. Uh, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for making time. I really appreciate being on here. I hope I can be on here on more, more in the near future. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Peace.